All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Mets Tech Podcast. I'm back with my co-host, Colin Farmer here. Hello. He's, uh, what were you doing? Co- code code Camp or yep. something? Yeah, Code Camp. Yeah, uh, I did a game jam. Game jam. Okay. Yeah. And that is? Uh, you make a game in uh, 48 hours or so. So you spent the entire weekend making a game? Yeah, pretty much. Are you going to put that game up for everyone to play? Yeah, it is. Yeah, check it out. Uh, okay. It's a fun game. It's about riding a train or trains. Okay. Game Jam. Colin did Game Jam the whole weekend. I painted my deck and got um, heat rash on my forehead. So uh, <laughs> just we're both kind of doing the same yeah, stuff. Yeah. Just different camps, but it's the same stuff. Yeah, same thing. This is episode two of Mets Talk. Crazy. Episode one is up, and we talked all about the Bolt being discontinued. A lot of EV stuff, some software stuff. So definitely go check that out. It is live on YouTube. It's live on Spotify podcasts, and it is in process of going live on Apple podcasts. So by the time you hear this one, we'll have it up on Apple podcast and then it'll distribute wherever you get your podcast. So definitely head on over there and get it. Also follow us. We have an Instagram now. Mets talk podcast on Instagram. I'll have the at on screen here and uh, go follow us over there. Today, we're going to be talking about social media and that's very broad. <laughs> There's a lot of social media, um, but Specifically, more so, Twitter's downfall and the innumerable Twitter clones that exist now. That Yeah, that have... have. Just come out of every yeah. nook and cranny yeah. of the internet. Some good, some bad. I don't know if you've been on any of them. Uh, I haven't, no. Okay. Which is going to make this very exciting. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about them. So, Twitter... What happened? That's uh, that's the big question. And I think it you can pretty much sum it up with one word. Elon. Yeah. yeah Elon happened so. to Twitter. And um, listen, this is... Uh, we hit on this last week. This is not a political podcast. So regardless of kind of how you feel about Elon, politically speaking or socially speaking, he's done some good, he's done some bad, but he's he's an odd bird. Is that... Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these guys are these these very successful, wealthy. Yeah, I don't know what you would call them the 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 internet age version of your sort of oil tycoons. My theory is always that guys like Elon have existed forever. Right. It's just so much easier now to hear them oh, speak yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or see them speak if you're on Twitter. He bought it. How long? Probably. It's been what like. Not a year yet, a little it less feels, than a year. Yeah, it feels, feels like, like a long a time, but I don't think it's been that long. You're not a super heavy Twitter user. I'm not because I used to be five years ago or so. And it's just sort of the type of thing that I got tired of dealing with. For what reason? Uh, I think for the normal reasons. You know, you it quickly becomes, like you said, an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And like you start to realize that. And it's just, it. I don't know, made me uncomfortable. I'm just sort of how I had surrounded myself in, especially political stuff, sure. but that sort of thing. You just sort of wind up seeing all of your own opinions. I mean, Twitter during election times. Oh, it is a nightmare. It's it's unbearable. Yeah. it's. I wouldn't blame people if they deactivated their Twitter accounts for the election cycle and right. then re-upped. Once you sort of let go of it and you're not seeing it anymore, you realize that you weren't really getting that much out of it in the first place. Yeah. So I have picked it back up. I use it somewhat often now just as like a... I follow a lot of interesting artists and developers and stuff. And it's just sort of a place for inspiration or, or to see what cool things are going on out there. But like in terms of news or 
political stuff or anything along those lines. I just have completely dropped it. And I haven't really filled that space with anything else either. It feels like social media is probably the worst place to sort of talk about those sorts of things. So I use it mainly for sports and it almost ends up being like a, like a Twitch stream for me. So like I have, I'm watching the game on the TV and then I've got my You've got phone sort of the, the live chat. results. Yeah, exactly. the chat. So everyone's yeah. reacting play by play to everything that happens. It's a community. It is. It's yeah. a community interacting with a live sporting event. Yeah. I do it for I'm a huge Ravens fan. I'm a huge Louisville fan. So like I watch football, basketball, women's basketball, volleyball, you name it, baseball, obviously. And it's one of those things where like I get made fun of for it. People are like, why are you on your phone the whole time? And I'm like, this is yeah. me interacting with the game. Yeah. I mean, it's like being at a stadium with other people. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're or you're just and, at and, home. Yeah. You know, if it is a core component of like how you're interacting with something like, I mean, people use social media for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So in, in the terms of like a business or somebody who's brand is themselves, like social media is very important. And that, yeah, that's a huge component too. Like for, for me, like trying to, I'm really bad at it. I'm not, this is from no place of being skilled at all, but trying to like grow a following right. anywhere right. is tough and it takes a lot of commitment. So I respect people a lot that are able to do it, but like I've never found that Twitter was a great place for me to grow. Um, I have a Mets tech Twitter and I think the last time I posted on it was like April of last year or something like that. I just don't interact with it. And I find that like visual mediums, YouTube, Instagram, Yep. Things like that are better for me. Well, it's gonna to it's gonna come down to what you're doing, sure. And is are is that sort of platform the right place to go to meet your audience? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, talking about Twitter's downfall, it it is interesting that people use the word downfall because it like I think there are a couple sort of objective ways that you could look at it that maybe that's true. Like, is Twitter seeing less activity? Are people using Twitter less? Because I've seen a lot of talk about Blue Sky and and Threads now. Yeah. Um. Or Mastodon a little while back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how are, are, is that sort of an actionable move for people or is it one of those things where you go to those platforms and then nobody's there and so you go back to Twitter? They messed it up right in the past where they made it, they, for a little bit it was uh, non-chronological, which I think is comically bad to do. They started doing promoted tweets. This was, this was before Elon took over. Right. Um, It's only gotten worse since then. But Well, and yeah, and I think part of that comes with like, okay, Twitter is around now for a while Mm -hmm. and the sort of vc funds are running out how do we make this into a successful like business that can sustain like they have to make money somehow yeah yeah Yeah. and i think that's why like twitter blue came along um which i don't remember if twitter the timeline's a little fuzzy i don't know it was it feels like what it was within the first or at least within a couple months of elon sort of having taken over. yeah and they of course had their verification system which worked great yeah and then when Elon took over, it all got messed up because yeah. anyone could get a check mark and that, then you that had was random fun, accounts. Like, it was week. chaos. Yeah. So that's that's a great word. That is my word to describe how I feel about Twitter now. Yeah. Twitter is so chaotic. There's so much spam. There's so much which Elon likes to brag about the fact that they've cut down on these like bots and things like that. I see more spam now than I ever have before. I get on my timeline. I have to do work to find the things I want to see. I see blue check marks out the wazoo. When they're just like, you know, Tom six four seven five two, and you're like, who yeah. is this? Because anybody can do it. Anybody can sort of list themselves. And I mean, no offense, you have a blue check mark. I do, and and there's a reason for that. I I've never felt the need to explain it because I don't have any kind of following on that Twitter account right. that really needs to know. But I'm a content creator. 
I'm a videographer, obviously, and I do a lot of video work within the city. Right. It is important to establish yourself. Yes, but the blue check mark is if I could turn the check mark part off, but keep the the benefits of being a tw- mm. Twitter Blue user, I would do that because yeah. I don't care as much about the check mark. The fact that they limit the length of video that you can publish if yeah. you don't pay for Twitter Blue is the issue. And I think it's funny to see everyone kind of panicking a little bit because it's so unserious. Like, yeah, like social media is unserious yeah. in reality. Yeah, but like everyone's freaking out. It's like, if you don't like Twitter, go to Blue Sky. Or if you don't like yeah. Blue Sky, then you go to whatever. It's kind of like that a little well, bit. It, it's so interesting because it, like, I try to think about, like, how do we, what's an analog to, like, a pre-internet world to something like this? Because, like, pre-internet, people know. had places to hang out. In terms of connectivity, like, you still had ways of going to places and talking with a bunch of people. Like, you had conventions or you had, you know the local sort of wherever you hung out the bar the, the watering hole the, yeah. the the bingo hall the whatever <laughs> sure i mean people had hobbies and would go out and hang the sock with their hop the sock hop short sure. the bowling alley yeah bowling alley skating rink that yeah. Kind of stuff. yeah so like i think the equivalent is just sort of hey everybody's favorite bowling alley is under new management sure and they've sort of run it into the ground. And now yeah. where are we going to go hang out? Yeah, it does kind of feel like that. And, and it's not the end of the world, but it is like people have made friends on Twitter and people use Twitter to communicate with their audiences. And I think it's funny that most of the people that are upset about, which which this is fair, that most of the people that are upset about Twitter going down are the people who have kind of amassed a large following. Yeah. And they're like, well, now I don't want to have to amass my large following again. Yeah. It's people who are overly online. I, I had here in the notes. Let me ask it as a question. This sure. will be easier. Do you feel like this, however you want to say it, the the decomposing, the downfall, the inevitable decline yeah. of a, a platform. No platform exists forever. Right. Is this mirroring, I had on here, MySpace, Facebook? I, I think so to some degree. I think what people want out of a social media has changed a little bit. I mean, because when you think about what Twitter was initially mm-hmm. in, I don't know, mid-2000s. I think 2009-ish. Twitter has evolved into the form that it is now. I think it's just as easy for it to evolve into something else or evolve away entirely. I mean, you have things like Substack and Medium, which have kind of showed that like there is a place somewhere on the internet for like longer form text content. And you have places like TikTok and YouTube shorts that show there's place for sort of short form video content. Yeah, I think that's part of the problem is I think the way, like you said, the way people interact has definitely changed. Everything has gotten so, the, our attention spans have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. Yeah. So when they made Twitter, you know, it used to be 140 characters, right? Then they made it 280 or whatever. And now it's like, God only knows However how many, many you can post. You want. And you can just th- tweet yeah. thread and all this kind of stuff. It's become this almost like you have to be fully immersed in it to get it. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem. We're, we're in a world where people want like, these short little snippets of inf- information, all, video content's taken over, all this kind of stuff where people can easily like regurgitate all this information really quickly and absorb it really quickly and then just move on and keep doing that yeah. over and over and over again. The place that you go then is whatever place can facilitate that the right. best. But at the same time, like is Twitter currently doing something that is aside from that? You know, like mm-hmm. Twitter's stated purpose is to do these sort of short form yeah. text content things. And... It has deviated, like you said, because you 
feel like you need to be bought into the Twitter sphere mm-hmm. in order to even get anything on it. But is there anything left that Twitter is doing that nobody else is doing that is keeping it alive? And I think at this point, it largely is just the community. I think what it's got going for it is solely how long it's been around. I actually looked yeah. it up. It's been around since 2000. It was launched in 2006. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was a 06 or 07. Or I was, I've joined in 2009, so... It had been around for a little bit, but I mean, 2006, I was, I didn't even have a computer or phone or anything. So yeah. like I, I might've been on it if I had the devices at the time, but I was, uh, uh, 12. So yeah. I didn't have that kind of stuff, but that's, that's kind of what you were saying there about, are they doing anything better? Yeah. And I, I don't different? think, I don't think at this point they have that very, that much to distinguish themselves. No, they don't. And I think that's kind of why, which moves us nicely along that's a beautiful transition thank you colin i do my best is uh, the clones that uh that we're dealing with we have um now blue sky uh obviously is a big one blue sky is a little weird because uh you have to have an invite code to get on that one yeah and um mastodon was similar for mastodon yeah i've never been on mastodon so i don't i don't know much about that one but i know blue sky um and i actually did Get a code. I don't want to say how, but I got a code to get on Blue Sky. Uh, I got a code to get on Blue Sky two days before Threads came out. Mm. So I really felt, and I haven't been on Blue Sky since. So yeah. I really felt like I kind of uh, shouldn't have done that. But Threads, I am on. Yeah, I, was, I, I don't know anything about Threads okay, apart from so, the fact that it exists. So, yes. So walk me walk me through it here. So Threads is is from Meta. So sure. it's fa- I did, I did know Facebook, that. Instagram. They've completed the trifecta, the holy trinity of social medias. You have Facebook, Instagram, and a Twitter clone now. Yeah. What gives threads an edge to things like Blue Sky and Mastodon is it takes about two button clicks to get signed up for it because it just pulls all your Instagram data. Mm. So you've got your profile picture, your bio. You can f- immediately hit one button and follow every single person that you already follow on Instagram. So people are like popping up left and right that I would never see on Twitter because it's just a couple clicks and everything's linked. Yeah. And then it just gives you a timeline feed of posts. You know, posts. I think people are desperate. Not everybody, but a large majority of people that are looking for a Twitter alternative desperately want to go back to how Twitter used yes. to be. That's always the goal. Everyone always wants to go back to whatever their, their glory days of using right. uh, a platform are. Which is why I want to go back to forums yeah i know you do you love a good forum i have a lot to say about forums because i think they're probably one of the better like if you want to do they've withstood the test of time no doubt about that certainly have first of all secondly it feels like that's sort of what twitter became in its worst form because like we've talked about twitter developing a community in kind of a roundabout way but like that's sort of what forums were is everybody in the forum was a personality and like a person you can take their opinions in a certain way like i know this guy exclusively posts crazy things about dinosaurs or whatever right like i'm just going to sort of write off it because you know sure. there would be like a political threat and it's like oh the dinosaur guy is posting about but i think you could romney like i'm just going to write this off i think that was kind of twitter too because if you, you a little cl- bit but click you had on someone's bio or click on someone's profile and scroll through all their stuff you could but that it was it was different if because you weren't seeing those interactions happen in the same way sure like it wasn't as in the moment right. i think not as real time exactly like it was it, on a forum it's easy to see like oh this person was in this thread and then they moved over to this thread 
And like, you can sort of track that behavior and you're like, oh, hey, I was just talking to you in the, what movie did you watch today? Right. And it was easier to treat that account as a person than Mm -hmm. it is on Twitter. Like, it's very easy to like depersonify people on Twitter. I think that's kind of a good point. And I think what threads might be able to do really well, because it is linked directly to your Instagram account. You're seeing these people in real life. These are like supposed to be real people yeah right it feels like something you could replace just with a big old group chat and we'll get we'll get into this later because we're going to talk about social media features and some of it's contextual like you don't want to have the same group chat with your parents in it and also all of your friends sure but like it it feels like that's what you want out of a sort of community text-driven social media yes but you also want to be able to to talk to people that you don't have their phone numbers and wouldn't really yeah. No, 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 no. No, I'm not or, saying I'm not you know, saying you need to do it like that. Yeah. I'm not saying you need to do it as a group chat, but like you want to have you want to be able to put all these people in a room and interact with them sort of at your own pace in an asynchronous way. Yes. Yeah. And and that feels like the sort of goal, the objective of putting together like a good short form text driven social media. And I think that's kind of what needs to change really. And to be fair, you know, we're recording this on July 10th, 2023. So threads has been out not even a week, I don't think. Um, And so it's going to change. Like there's going to be, you know, things that change. It's going to grow. And I don't think they've had an update yet. Yeah. I haven't seen an update come through. So they're on version, you know, 0.0001, at least what we've been given to the public. My fear is twofold. Well, Community fear is you are giving more information, personal data, whatever to Zuck. Like that's that's yeah. people's fear. Yeah. And um and, and it's all linked to Facebook and everybody's scared of Facebook and the data they collect. But the fact of the matter is, if you have a Facebook, you most likely have an Instagram because they're already linked. And if you have an Instagram, then what what's one more thing? What's right. the it's not gonna take more data than your Instagram and your Facebook already have. It's just one more way of communicating, right? So I think that if you don't, if you're worried about Meta having your data, don't have a Facebook and don't have an Instagram. Yeah, I don't think you can play like a little bit of that. Yeah, I, it feels yeah. like an all. Or it's nothing an all thing. or nothing thing. Uh, it, and with data, guys, they have your data. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like these companies, these companies that they make their money from selling your data, and that's how you get on these all these random email lists and things. Yeah. They have everything. If, if it is free, you are the product. Yes, and exactly. For the most part, I don't think that's anything to really be that concerned about. No, because most of it's used for marketing purposes, yeah, right? Exactly. They're not, it's it's they don't they aren't looking at customer number one million two hundred and fifty. Exactly. They're, and I think people people are people are inherently very self obsessed, right? Sure. So these conspiracy yeah, theorists exactly. people the companies do not care they do not care much. about you. Yeah. They care about... They care about you in the aggregate. They care yes. that you are one data point towards... Correct. And that is all you are, yeah. is a singular data point. Yeah. You are nothing to these companies. The second point of concern, and the bigger one to me personally, is that they are going to go down the same route that they went with Instagram. They made all these changes to Instagram. Nobody liked the changes they made to Instagram and they never went back. Yeah. Well, they, they, they don't care. They don't care. Because people are going to continue to use yeah. it. They are giving you a product. You don't really have that much room to complain about it because it's, it's something you're getting for free. Yeah. You're being provided a platform. And you are almost certainly contributing very little to that platform. People, I mean, 
yes, things get done on social media because the the biggest creators complain about it and the biggest creators then get a pass. Mm -hmm. But those creators are the ones who are making it so that those products can exist. Because they're monetarily benefiting the companies. Yeah. Like you said about Twitter, like it all comes down to, to dollar signs, right? Yeah. So they have to find a way to monetize the platform. And if that means uh, you get, which I get all the time, I don't know if you get these, but like Amazon promotions, mm -hmm. little window, a little carousel pops up, has some Amazon products that of course it's hearing you talk about. And yeah. you know, you can say, you know, dog watering bowl that auto fills and like two seconds later you're swiping on Instagram and there's one. Yeah. Like that's just what happens. It's just, it's crazy. Sometimes I take my phone and I just hold it up and I, I say like very specific things just to see. Yeah. Well, and it's great too, because then you don't even have to search it. it will you don't have to type it, it in. Yeah. It'll, just, it'll find you. Yeah. yeah. Granola um, bars. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're going to get granola bar ads here in a sec. We, there might, you might actually get a granola bar ad right here in the video. Kind of on the same vein of that, this method of interacting with social media content, right? Yeah. So we'll talk about YouTube as a social media platform in a little bit, but the fact that YouTube not didn't get rid of the dislike button, and this is an old topic, but YouTube didn't get rid of the dislike button, but they don't no longer show the dislike count on videos. Mm -hmm. They only show the like count. Yeah. Are we going to see something added to Instagram, to Facebook, and have dislikes? Like actual dislikes, or is that something that they're just going to continue to remove in favor of only promoting like positive interaction so that people don't get further agitated when using social media. I think that's the ultimate goal of it. I think so. I think it I think it comes down to like what these people like what social media providers want out of a platform. If you want a place where people can have conversations about themselves, why do we need a dislike button? You're not going to go to your grandma's set status on Facebook and and downvote it, you know. Speak for yourself. <laughs> But if you're in the interest of like providing a place where you can exchange ideas, which is kind of a weird thing to do for social media in the first place, it's a it's tricky territory. If you're a Reddit, if you're some forums, you, Reddit still has downvotes, right? Yeah. Okay. You will do you will do that because it's a it's a community driven way of of moderating. Does YouTube need that? I think it comes down to what people's conception of YouTube is like, is YouTube a place where people want to know that you disagree with them, that the people on YouTube want to be sort of self-moderating? I don't really think so. No. The reality of the situation is that interaction on social media is interaction. It doesn't matter if you give it a thumbs up a care, yeah. a downvote, a dislike, it doesn't matter, a comment. And it cracks me up because people think, and I get comments like this occasionally, people think this this video, uh, I didn't like this video, blah, blah, blah. They leave me a comment and they say, I also disliked the video. And of course I can see the amount of dislikes, so I can see that person's dislike. But in reality, YouTube just lumps everything together. Yeah. I got a view, I got a comment, and I got a, a like or dislike. It's all the same. Right. They only view it as the entire package of interaction. It's just one lump sum. So it doesn't matter whether there's a thumb up or a thumbs down yeah. in front of it. Well, it's a disconnect between what that user thinks they're doing and what the platform 
like thinks they're getting out of a dislike. Is the user disliking it because they want to bully that person? Is Are they disliking it because that's somebody... Almost that, always, yes. Yeah, exa- exactly, which is like, okay, are we really even contributing anything here? Is the person disliking it because it's a channel that they otherwise enjoy and they're like, oh, no, this was the wrong move on this one, buddy. I'm going to help you out here, in my opinion, and let you know, here's some constructive criticism. No, the vast majority of people on YouTube are not interested in spending their time writing constructive criticism for people's videos. If then the dislike button is only a tool for bullying people, <laughs> like, do we need to have it? Does it matter? I agree with you. I, I think that the thing that I would do when the dislike button was a thing, and this might be a very like uh, niche scenario, but I, I would always look up like a tutorial for something, mm-hmm. whether that be a Photoshop tutorial, Premiere tutorial, and I'd click on a video. And I think at one point it actually showed you the likes and dislikes yeah. before you clicked yeah. on it. But you could almost judge like, How I'm going to hold of off on that one. Yeah. I'm going to look at this one here. Even though, you know, um, video A might have a better thumbnail, better title. I'm going to look at B because this one seems to be, you know, much well better in quality. People agree with it and it's helped people. Yeah. And it just was an easy way to filter things. And much less of a bullying and more of a filtering. Yeah, no, no, no. And that's that's totally valid. And... In a world where that was the main reason, like, people engaged with YouTube, that works great. And I think part of Reddit is that, to some degree, that still exists. Because everything is very, like, sharded in Reddit. Like, you have very individual communities dedicated to very specific things. Don't look at me like that. Uh, <laughs> you said sharded. I did, yeah. <laughs> did you mean that? Yeah. Like in, Is that a word? Yeah. In t- like other than separated, pooping your pants? Other than pooping your pants. Okay. It's separated into shards. <laughs> oh, shard. Sharded. Not shart. Yeah. Reddit, Reddit is sharded. But it is sharded for sure. <laughs> sharded. Different sh- various shards. It's like separated into these things. So if you go to the like recipes for tomato soup subreddit and something has a lot of dislikes, that one may or may not exist. Right. Uh, and something has a lot of dislikes, you know that, oh, this is a poor quality recipe for tomato soup because there's no other reason why people would be here and disliking this. And to some extent, that is true on YouTube too, certain parts of it, but it's not true for the whole of YouTube. I wonder if you could do like a star system instead. Like if you well, go- Well, YouTube just used to have a star system. Way, way back? back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, that rings a bell a little bit. I can kind of picture the UI element, but you could do something kind of like like all recipes does. Mm-hmm. where like Or you, Yelp. Or Yelp, yeah. And, but on all recipes, you can go to, you know, pork and you can sort by top rated mm-hmm. pork recipes. And if you want to, you can flip the rating and see the worst <laughs> pork recipes and try those, I guess, if you're feeling risky. But that would be interesting for YouTube to kind of have, have bring back the star system and kind of say like, this is a, especially in the tutorial space and things like yeah. that, where it's like step-by-step guides where you're really looking for that kind of you know, helpful information to filter out some of the garbage. What I think we haven't got to it yet, but what I, what I think would be a very interesting concept is being able to sort of segment or block out reviews based off of who is doing the reviewing steam, which is not a social media platform, but also kind of is has a little bit of some elements. yeah. Yeah. Where you can have curators that you follow who are people whose opinion that you trust on things and, their reviews for games will be a little bit more highlighted and you'll see those more. So if you could say, I want to look through the context of people who care about video production or people who do 3D modeling or whatever and look at this tutorial and see what their reviews are like from those people specifically, 
rather than the whole of YouTube who may like or dislike a video for some other reason. That would be very interesting. That'd be interesting to try and implement. I do not think you could, honestly. It would I think be it would very be difficult, So I think. hard. Especially if, like, what does that person get out of it kind of deal? Yeah, um, a little bit. And also, like, how do you configure your own sort of groups of people that whose opinions you care about? I think that's kind of where, where, and let's go ahead and talk about this. Like, one of the things that I found really interesting lately on YouTube is that they added um, ads on YouTube. If you do a collaboration with another creator... You can, in the title of the video, say, you know, Mets Tech and Colin Farmer. Be a little bit more ambitious than me. Well. Mets Tech and Mr. Beast. Linus Tech Tips or Mr. Beast. (laughs) That's really interesting to me because previously it was like, go follow this person. I put all their links in the description and stuff. And description links are always interesting to me. I click on them a lot. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people do not. A lot of people don't. And I know that because... I put affiliate links in there sometimes. Being able to, to tag somebody and just say, hey, you know, click on their name in the disc- in the title of the video. Just boop, it takes you to their channel. That's a really significant step, I think, for YouTube as a social media platform. Yeah. They're trying to do, to stay modern all the time. And I give them major props for that. YouTube Shorts is a relatively new thing. And I actually, funny enough, I was talking to one of our other coworkers today he was asking me about, are, do you do YouTube shorts? And I hate YouTube shorts. Hate them. Hmm. I know that they are extremely um, aggressive, like in their promotion of them. They get a lot of views. They have little to no benefit for getting a lot of views. It doesn't translate to channel views. It's just like TikTok. Um just because I get a lot of views on a TikTok doesn't mean I'm getting people following me. It doesn't mean I'm gaining anything right. from it outside of like, oh, that was really funny. Haha, ha, like. Yeah, well, whatever. because of the way that people use and consume shorts is short very different form. from the yeah, way. It's short form. Yeah. Second thing is the way it uglies up the feed, I hate. Yeah. Having these like nice, clean like thumbnails, like boom, boom, you're trying to create like a channel brand and like these images of your brand. You almost have to completely separate YouTube into it, shorts into its own channel. Because when it, it's like normal video, YouTube short, and it's all, it's vertical. And then back to horizontal, and then vertical. It's just, ugh, it yeah. looks so bad. It's interesting that they've put them in the same sort of portal. Yes. Because it feels like something that is entirely different from YouTube. Yeah. Because. Like make YouTube shorts like its own thing. Yeah. Make it, call it PooTube. I don't know. <laughs> That's probably don't a, a, don't guys don't Google that actually. Yeah, that's and, you, you yeah, do not want to see that. Trust me. Like turn it into something else. It does have its own tab, so that kind of differentiates it. I would love it if they kept it entirely on its own tab. Yeah, because then I can specifically choose not to look at it. Yeah. Instead of it being on my main feed, on my when you go to subscriptions, especially on desktop, you go to subscriptions and you see blah 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 all your normal videos, then it's like a vertical video, and then blah. It just looks so bad. I don't. I never understood it. It is a difference in like what people do and want out of YouTube. Like people who put content onto YouTube are doing so in service of like making a TV show that they Mm -hmm. can make themselves. It is about their personality. It's about what they're putting in. People very rarely are uploading things to YouTube in the same way that they upload to TikTok. Oh, for sure. Or shorts. I mean, shorts being... Basically, an entirely different thing. It is a different form of content. TikTok is a is a posting place, right? Yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah, you just post 
anything that comes out of out of your butt. Yeah. Basically, you just there's a lot of just shock comedy and like um, dark humor and things like that. And YouTube is just not that platform. And I hope it doesn't become that platform because I I don't go to YouTube for that. I go to YouTube to learn. I go to YouTube to entertain myself. If I want to watch a comedy channel, I'll go to a comedy channel. But I don't want to see just garbage posted all over my feed from every Joe Schmo that wants to like fart in an Arby's drive-thru. You know what I mean? You know what is interesting is YouTube kind of used to be that place. That is very true and a great point. But I, I, I hated that that sure. short period of YouTube. That was very early on. Yeah. I mean, you had like everybody AS, post ASDF movie, the whole concept of YouTube poop, mm-hmm. which is how does it get any more posting than literally sure. calling it poop? It's true. Like it was a place to go to just upload your random thoughts. And then it sort of became developed as you had this class of, of YouTubers, of mm-hmm. people who were doing their own production. It was when it became monetarily viable yeah. to exist there. When it became more Not that serious. you didn't have, not that you didn't have YouTubers prior to that sure you did those were the people who sort of set the mold for what it meant to be somebody with a presence on youtube Mm -hmm. i think it just requires a little bit more to 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 post on youtube you have to put a little more thought into it well because it's easy there's so much on youtube it's easy to get lost Mm -hmm. and because videos are so long it's a lot easier for people to just never see your stuff i overall absolutely love youtube but i never think of youtube as a social media platform yeah Oh, I was going to say, YouTube as a social media platform, one of the reasons it's so interesting is because it seems like they're going the opposite approach of every other social media platform, where they already have celebrities, because you have big names in YouTube who have a brand in their own right. Yeah. They don't need to convince people to come on. People Mm -hmm. will use YouTube as social media to interact with the celebrities that are already there, who are just already YouTubers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been... Nice because it's given people the opportunity to become celebrities that do not have the traditional celebrity baked in Mm -hmm. style. You know, you have... Go ahead and name names for who you think are the ugliest YouTubers because that feels like what you're getting (laughs) Actually, there's probably a video on that. Let's pull that up. (laughs) Who are the ugliest YouTubers? But you get these people who are normal people who are super passionate about something, very specific things, and they become celebrities and i'm not even, i was gonna say pseudo celebrities through the, through the most mundane things yeah and they're not pseudo celebrities these people are legit celebrities some of them have a bigger following than some actual celebrities traditional celebrities yeah right of course and and they're random and, and half the time they don't even show their face yeah are you familiar uh with rescue restore i think that's the name of the channel um, is it like the guy? A, is it the guy who takes just sort of old random objects and, and restores them yes. to like their perfect condition? Yep. I love that channel. Mm-hmm. It's rescue and restore. Yeah. Two, two million fo- two million subscribers. So they post very infrequently, but anytime that they post, I mean, this their most recent video one year ago, seventy one million views. You know, do you know Steve MRE nineteen eighty nine? I think that is his name. Two million subscribers. Two million subscribers. All this dude does is eat MREs. His, his most recent upload, I think, came like a full almost nine months. He posted two months ago twice, and before that was a year. Yeah. People thought he died, and were because this dude does not have any sort of communication outside of YouTube. He is an entirely YouTube-based celebrity, and yet, if somebody did a collab, I don't know how you do a collab with Steve MRE, but 
that would in itself be enough to drive viewership to that yeah. video. From what I've experienced, they don't change very much. Like people are very ingrained in kind of what they do and their brand. And that's great because that's why I picked you yes. to, to watch yes. and to follow. I didn't pick you and then watch you grow and then you change and you become fake and a celebrity. You, they maintain their consistency. And I think that's one of the coolest. I think that's a testament to how smart Google has been in what they provide in terms of analytics, mm -hmm. in terms of, of feedback and like concept to YouTubers, like the whole sort of YouTube uh, studio sort of setup. Like sure. this is how you build a successful brand and this is how you do a video. And these are the sort of statistics that you should care about. You are basically teaching people, individuals, how to be production companies. Yeah, very much so. And I think giving them a platform where they can um, survive, <laughs> you know, you're not, even with TikTok, um, I, I know they introduced the creator fund, um, a while ago, like it's, this has been years, but yeah. like, I mean, it's paltry. In it comparison. is in comparison. I mean, really the way you survive on TikTok is you become big enough to where brands do sponsorships with you. That's how you yeah. survive. People are making really good money on this and it's become a place where you can have these passions because they're viable. Yeah. And now YouTube is opening up a way to turn yourself into a brand in a different regard on yeah. top of that. They're really giving you all the features to keep you on the platform yeah. so that you don't look elsewhere, really. Honestly, I, I don't know that there are any platforms that could even Compete. come close. Yeah. What would you say your, like the amount of time you spend on YouTube percent-wise compared to other, other forms social of social media? media? Yeah. Uh, probably like 100%. <laughs> I'm kind of with you on that. I spend so much time on there. Is it a perfect platform to you? Or is there something that you, Colin Farmer, would add or remove? I would re remove shorts. So is there something you would add to the platform that would make it a better experience for you? I feel like it is hard to find videos based off of topics. So sometimes I will be very interested. Give me an example. I, sometimes I'm very interested in a certain topic and I go to search it on YouTube and no fault of YouTube. This is just how sort of content search works now is it becomes dominated by things that are loosely related to the topic, but they're shown because they are the most popular thing loosely related to that topic. Where sometimes I don't really care that a video is popular or not. I just want whatever the most in-depth thing is about the topic. That's tough because anytime you search anything, the most popular stuff's going to be at the yeah. top. Yeah. That's hard. Do you ever sort by... Like upload date? Occasionally, yeah. And that does, it's different. Yeah. It's not necessarily better, but right. it's different. Do you have any specific examples <laughs> for the viewers here? I watch, I watch a lot of videos about... Uh, Anything you want to embarrass yourself with here? No, I don't think it's embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, it is goofy, but I watch a lot of videos about like prehistory. Super interested in like early humanity, that sort of thing. Like caveman type lot, stuff? Yeah, lots of caveman stuff. Okay, interesting. So yeah. not a lot of good caveman content that's being... <laughs> Not that I can find. If somebody has good caveman content, shoot me a link. Because <laughs> I am We're going to set up a specific email. You yeah. can email Colin email all of your caveman, caveman videos. Content at <laughs> so caveman content, you want to be able to find that more easily. I would love to be able to find caveman content more easily. Interesting. Because okay. I will like, there are some channels that have adjacent things that I'm sort of subscribed to. Shout out Trey the Explainer. He's great. Uh, 
But then I'm like going through their channels list of like, who do they recommend? Yeah. Like this feels mm-hmm. like the only way I can find something good. So how in, in your more traditional settings, which would be forums. Do you get there? Yeah. Are there just threads that you would yeah, follow it would specifically? Be, it would be like topic related stuff, or you would have somebody who specifically mentions it. The thing with forums though, is because they're so specific and small that it's a little bit easier to gauge like is this going to be even a place where I can look for this thing? Um, but then because forums aren't centralized, you're relying on some other search engine to be able to take you to somewhere where that forum might exist. Yeah, it has to parse its way through and, and provide yeah. you. I mean, I imagine if you typed in like paleontology forum, like you could probably get close. I know you said the stuff you find is minimal, but what about the algorithm bringing you to related content? Sometimes it does. Um, but sometimes it's stuff I've already seen or whatever. Like there are a couple channels like PBS eons is a big like mm. uh, history channel that I get a lot of stuff out of, but it winds up just being the same stuff from those channels. All right. Well, so you want to be able yeah, to, what, what do you want out of YouTube as a creator? Even does that influence sort of, I think it would be, I, I definitely want shorts gone. I, I hate shorts, but as a small creator, mm-hmm. I'm not the smallest creator. I think as of the time of filming, I have just shy of 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. Congrats. I want to be able to have a little bit of promotion here and there. I think that YouTube figuring out a way to highlight small creators who are intentionally putting in, not spam posting, not putting low effort into their videos. I don't know how you do this. It would have to almost be kind of what you were talking about, like a curation type thing where people are able to locate. Uh, You know, a small creators club. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like some form of promotion for smaller creators who, who are putting the actual, and, and if you guys are small creators, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're putting actual time, money, effort into making your videos be the best that they can be. But there's so much on YouTube now. It is. It's so hard, hard to grow. To get found. Yeah. So hard to get found. So hard to grow. And I'm so so grateful for the just shy of seven thousand for every single person that has subscribed to my channel. Unbelievably grateful for the people that interact on a regular basis. Unbelievably grateful for that. I'm not complaining in the slightest. I'm just saying it's really hard to grow on YouTube yeah. now. And a lot of these kind of grandfathered channels that have millions and millions of subscribers. Some of them, yeah, have popped up more recently. But a lot of them are just like being on the platform long enough. You get punished for being new. Yeah. And I think that sucks because I think there are a lot of really great small creators. Small. Yeah. It's it's super hard for small and mid-sized people. It's hard to find that sort of creator. Because yeah. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Is because what the algorithm, you, even like you said, with the search, you know, search results. You're just going to get the most popular You're going stuff. to get the most popular stuff right at the top. You're not necessarily going to get the best stuff right yeah. at the top. And this is not to say that every small creator makes great stuff, but there are those that put a lot of time and effort into their videos. I put a lot of time and effort into mine, and it would be awesome to have some kind of. I don't think you. I don't think you go as far as to give it an entirely new tab or anything like that right. on the app, but some kind of regular an, an up promotion. And yeah, up and coming or 
or or maybe maybe you do throw in along with some of the stuff that's most popular you throw in something that's been more recently yeah. uploaded on the topic yeah because you can get more relevant information that way i feel like youtube does have enough of a content sort of base that that would be an interesting move like in the same way that you highlight like small businesses here's a small creator like support this person exactly and i think i think maybe the fact that there's a trending section for these massive creators maybe have a trending section for up and coming creators yeah i that mean literally cool. just gate it yeah like people here or people only appear here if they have fewer than sub 15, 10 yeah sub 10 15000 subs yeah. that would be really cool what ends up happening you have to force yourself in by making videos that you think are going to get views going wild with clickbait titles catching the wave yeah riding some kind of specific wave whatever's trendy at the time and that's part of the part of the problem with being a a, a channel that does car videos is these and technology in general i'm in like two of the worst categories technology and the vehicle space because these people that are the most popular they go boom 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 they're at all these events they're uh, have all this technology first. You know, I've had this product for two weeks. I've had this product right. for a month and you have no chance. Yeah. You might make a video and I'm not saying that I would do this, but some some smaller creator might make a video on a um, piece of technology that is way better than one of the larger tech creators out there just from a information standpoint, from a visual standpoint, whatever. And it just is going to get absolutely it, buried. Yeah. And that sucks for those people. It absolutely sucks. I, I think a little bit of the onus is on successful channels to do some amount of promotion of smaller channels. Three Blue One Brown is a math channel. Okay. Um, he does unfamiliar, but okay. He does a lot of uh, interesting math videos. He has his own sort of like animation engine that he built to do. This is unrelated. But every summer he features videos from smaller creators. It's like Very a cool. summer of math education, um, and they will be like a hashtag which i guess is applicable in youtube and they will all be sort of yeah <laughs> they will all be sort of tagged with that so that you can sort of browse through there and there have been a lot of very interesting videos from either people who do not have a presence or have a very minimal presence that can get featured and become really really popular uh as a result of that youtube really only has something to gain by there being more better of course, that's part of the thing. That's yeah. why I don't understand why. And maybe they will. Um, YouTube has been good about adding things like we've talked about. So maybe they will add a, a up and coming, a small creators promotion type thing. But they only have, they, they can only gain from it. Yeah, because it, the, the more interaction, the more views, the more content creators that exist, the larger the platform becomes. They only benefit from it. People are going to spend more time mm -hmm. or you're going to introduce or new, new audiences. A new audience yeah. completely. Yeah, we've definitely hit on this a little bit. Um, but let me ask you, if you remove forums sure. as a, as a platform, what is your go-to like well-known social media platform? Honestly, I, I like the concept of forums a lot. I don't spend that much time on forums okay. because they're such a community driven thing. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like you need to have been in that community to get into them. It's hard to join a forum. Yeah. To jump in. Yeah. Kind of. Cause everybody who is still using a forum has been there since 2011 or like 2001. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> If yeah, if not that. Honestly, if we're if we're counting YouTube, it's got to be YouTube. I like. I mean, Twitter is really cool for. Here's a neat thing that somebody did, but like, I don't really engage with personalities on Twitter. I'm on YouTube, all day, and and a lot of that is partly being a content creator. You like, 
even when I'm not viewing content, I'm making content for YouTube. So you just end up spending a lot of time on there. Yeah. But it's far and away my my go-to and and my favorite, my my biggest. I'm not even gonna say I was gonna say my biggest time waster, but I don't even consider it a time waste. Like, and you you and I are similar in this way. Like we go there, we do some entertainment here and there. Yeah. But we go there to absorb more information. Yeah, no, no, no. To I, fill our brains with more There is a little bit of entertainment on YouTube. And I think a lot of it is I just get entertainment from educational yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. But I like, do too. Yeah, it is almost all educational. Yeah, it's it's mainly meant for me to fill my brain with more yeah. information. Be like, that's, oh, that's neat. Exactly. Even stuff I don't necessarily care that much about. I'm like, hey, I'll watch a 15, 20 minute video on this. Sure, yeah. why not? What else am I doing? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Okay. Since we've talked about existing social media platforms, mm-hmm. what would be your doesn't exist yet do you have a do you have a pet project social media idea kind of a byop type situation yeah sure okay i have several i'm sure you have i'm sure you're all thought through this awful <laughs> i'm not surprised by that you want to hear some of mine yeah yeah let me hear some of yours while i think okay what if in a world come with come with me on this journey what if there was a social media platform where you sort of had a fund. You, you got coins, um, face coins, we'll call them. And every time you post, it costs a certain amount of face points, hmm. face coins to post. Okay. But depending on how much engagement you get off of that post, you get some face coins back. Hmm. And also you probably get some amount every day. Um, it's and like that's a, it. That's the whole thing. It's like a Webkins type situation. It is like a little bit of a Webkins, Neopetsy sort of vibe. So you can't really spam posts because you're being charged and you have a certain amount. Yeah. You can't spam unless your spam, unless your spam is, spam is getting, popular. Yeah, getting a lot of positive. Yeah. It's going to get face coins removed if your content's bad. Sure, why not? <laughs> okay. It's also an element of this where it costs some amount of money, face coins, to interact with that content. Right, right. So do, do those, the cost that of the ones that you're interacting with, that gets deducted from kind of your your, your face cool. wallet of sorts. Your face wallet, yeah. TM. But does the person posting get that exact amount? Or is it just taken oh, away from tax. the poster? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh no, I do think I do think you get some amount of that. But it, okay. you have to you have to withdraw some of that money from the economy. Otherwise inflation, it would it'd be a whole mess. You're a programmer, right? Yeah. So why can't you theoretically make this? I could yeah the problem with making social media is not making it it's, it's getting, getting people to use it yeah well, we it's the get... same it's it, everybody and their brother can churn out a battle royale it's true and it has happened that's also true the yeah. problem is getting people to play it because it's the sort of thing that relies on having other people be there I like it that's very very creative I wouldn't have thought of one that good <laughs> that's what my mom said all right you got anything else any thoughts not for the public seers any other wacky webkins-enabled social media ideas? Enabled social uh, media ideas? I, I have more, but I can't remember them. Okay, next I, time. I couldn't find them in my notes. I was trying. That's been episode two of the Mets Talk podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. Again, we're on Apple Podcasts, or we will be by the time this is out, on Spotify, on YouTube in video format, which you really get all the juicy you know, facial reactions, <laughs> things like that. Uh, you can hear Colin use the term sharded. <laughs> You can hear that on the podcast. <laughs> you can you can hear, but you can see see me laughing um, the second he started saying that. Only on YouTube. That's exclusive to YouTube. So uh, definitely uh, subscribe to that. And uh, we're not sponsored by oh. Polar Seltzer. I didn't even know that was a brand until really? like a week ago. Follow us on Instagram. All, They're uh, family made since 1882. If you want your your uh, 
Instagram thrown in. Oh, the... yeah. So everybody can see my concert photos. Yeah. If you want to see all of Colin's concert photos, definitely go follow him. I'll throw his ad in there if he wants. But uh, yeah, that'll do it for episode two. We'll be back next week talking God only knows what. Uh, definitely hit subscribe on this. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on podcast wherever you get them. And we'll see you next week. I have some other ideas, but they're not so little media ideas. <laughs> Do you okay. want to hit me with them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can put your mic on. Put your mic back. <laughs> <laughs>